What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The Memphis Grizzlies snapped the Bulls' three-game winning streak last night, uh, completely dominating the Chicago Bulls in the first and the fourth quarters. The Bulls show a little signs of life there in the third quarter, but they do not have enough to end up winning the game against the Memphis Grizzlies. We're going to talk about that. And also, what exactly is this team going to do at the trade deadline? We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. I'm the host here, Hayes. You can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes and... The Chicago Bulls had a very disappointing output last night against the Memphis Grizzlies, and I know it was the second game of a back-to-back. Uh, they were facing a young, better team um, on top of that. But the thing with this game is, is that the, the Bulls' offense was just completely stagnant at times. Um, uh, you know, they lacked the execution on the defensive end in the first quarter. They completely came out, and the Memphis Grizzlies just blasted the Chicago Bulls right away. Now, the Bulls did show some resolve in the second and th- third quarters, Getting chipping away at that lead and even taking the lead going into the fourth quarter with a three-point lead, but they just did not have enough down the stretch. And there are a lot of things down the stretch that contributed to this Bulls loss. When you look at some of the bad calls from the refs, right? We just I'm not blaming the ref. This is not a game that I'm blaming on the refs, but you did have some very questionable calls. Zach Levine, who seemed like he had two three-pointers be called as two-point plays, and then even after they reviewed him, they maintained him as two-point plays, and that Stacey King and Adam Amin even looked at it and and went to the replay, and Zach Levine's foot was behind the line, but again, I mean, I can't even blame the loss on that. You did have a very questionable call in which Jaron Jackson Jr. pushed Alice Caruso into uh, John Morant, and that give, gave John Morant three free throws. Now, he ended up only making one out of those three th- uh, free throws, Um, so basketball karma a little bit there, but just some of those things down the stretch, and the Bulls just did not execute in a way, and then they shot the ball terribly. from the field overall, 20% from three-point range. The Bulls have their worst scoring output, worst scoring uh, game of the season, and it was just bad. It was bad. This is the fourth time that the Chicago Bulls have failed to be able to get a four-game winning streak after having a three-game winning streak. Just the fourth time of that, they had their season low in points and field goal percentage. Um, and, you know, th- that those type of things do hurt the Bulls. Patrick Williams showing some signs in this game, but he's 4-10 from the field and overall flat game scoring-wise from him. He did do some pretty good things defensively in that game. Five rebounds, two assists, one steal from him, two turnovers. Um, Nikola Vucevic, the best Bull by far tonight. Not even, not even a question. 28 points, 17 rebounds, six assists, three steals. He did everything in his power than that he could do. Um, even after like the first quarter, it looked like it was going to be a rough night for him offensively. He really did come along over the course of that game. Zach Levine even scoring 24 points. But if you watch the game, you know that it wasn't really a Zach Levine type 24 points. He also missed seven free throws, getting to the free throw line 17 times, missing seven of those. We could have definitely used those, those seven points. Um, and then the bench. It was a historically terrible night for, for the Chicago Bulls bench. Just an alt, only three made shots coming off the bench. The Bulls bench was three of 19 shooting wise. That's terrible, terrible. And only, and then they only made, uh, they made four, no, I'm sorry, five out of seven free throws. Not terribly wrong there coming from the Bulls bench, but 
the bench did not give the Bulls very much production at all. And it definitely hurt this team as well. This was a game in which we definitely needed the role players to step up. And I said that into the, the you know, the preview, the pre-recorded video yesterday that the Bulls are going to need the role players to step up big against a much better team in the Memphis Grizzlies. And they just didn't get that last night. And um, it's unfortunate, you know, the Bulls once again flirting with that getting to 500. Can't do it. They now back at two games below 500 with two games left to play on the week and you know hopefully with more rest no more back-to-backs for the rest of the week for the Chicago Bulls maybe we see a little bit better output but we just need to see better execution I didn't like Billy Donovan's defensive scheme in this game it really seemed like he didn't quite know what to do with John Morant but again that's not that's that's league-wide <laughs> most most teams don't know what to do especially when Ja gets hot even in the Bulls third quarter in which they took the lead and 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 came out of halftime just with a great game plan. Um, John Morant still kept the Memphis Grizzlies in that game. He hit, he hit, he hit four or five threes just in the, in, the, in the third quarter that really kept the Memphis Grizzlies in that game. You look at that game, if John Morant didn't get that hot from the three-point line, you're looking at a team from the Chicago Bulls that are going into the fourth quarter with, a, with about a 10 to 15-point uh, 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 advantage. And so, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda in that case. Um, it just just an overall bad game, especially defensively. Um, then when John Morant was on the bench, uh, Jared Jackson Jr., who who was bad from three, he comes in, he hits two big threes, I think both in the fourth quarter. He gets five blocks in this game, 24 points. Jared Jackson Jr. is just such a, a great defensive player and what he's able to do. And then when his offense is coming along and his shot's falling on top of that defense, it's going to be tough for most teams, especially a team like the Chicago Bulls that just wasn't playing a good defensive game overall um, and, and very flat in that game to really combat that. And unfortunately, the Bulls, they, they do lose the game. And I, I know a lot of you guys were, oh, I, I saw the reactions on Twitter. I saw the reactions in our live post-game show. And a lot of Bulls fans, I've, I've said this before, fans at this point believe more in the losses than they do the wins. The Bulls are like, if, correct me if I'm wrong, they're like 13-7 and seven in their last 20. Like, the Bulls have been winning at a way higher rate than what they were doing at the at the top of the season. And overall, playing better offense and defense, even though it didn't show its head this game, the Bulls have a chance to get to 500 by the end of this week. And they still have a chance to definitely be at that by the, uh, the All-Star break. When you look at them having now six games left to play, I think or it's five games left to play now uh, before that All-Star break. So we'll see what the Bulls can do. You know, on the, on the back half of the season, we do have Brooklyn coming up next on Thursday, which is trade deadline day. And then we got the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is a team we just have not matched up well against at all um, uh, uh, this season. So with the five games the Bulls have left before the trade deadline, we need to see the Bulls continue the better play that they've been doing overall, get back to that. I don't think they have any more back-to-backs before the trade deadline. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a benefit there for the Chicago Bulls. There's no back-to-backs. They get more rest. Um, and, you know, you need to see and demand to see a level of of just execution from this team on that back half of the season, even without DeMar DeRozan. The fact that the Bulls, I know a lot of Bulls fans are going to say, well, we didn't have DeMar. And would the Bulls have gotten this win with with DeMar in the game? I, I don't know just by the way and nature of which the Bulls played, but, you know, hopefully we have better health. We got Alice Caruso back last night. So, you know, going forward, if we do get DeMar back from that, that hip soreness, uh, we can play a little bit better of an overall game. So we'll see what they do. Now, I said that our next game is on Thursday, which is trade deadline day. And that is the biggest question surrounding the Chicago Bulls right now. What will they do at the trade deadline? And I'm here to tell you guys, it's not looking likely that they're going to do much of anything at the trade deadline, if we're being honest. It seems like more and more that it's coming out that the Bulls are expected to stand pat. 
not going to be really sending anything out. Now, that does not mean that they can't you move a Tony Bradley or the Portland pick or something like that. If, 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 they, if they can, you know, convince a team to really build a trade around a, a smaller player um, or a minor move around that Portland pick. But all intents and purposes, it seems like the Bulls are going to be um, going moving forward to the back half of the season with the roster as it stands, maybe monitoring that buyout. Um, market will start hearing some things you know after the trade deadline of players that could potentially be bought out so maybe the bulls want monitor that you know i'm not too hopeful we got a buyout candidate uh last year in tristan thompson that really in, in the long run paid no dividends off experience the thrill of march madness if you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home bet the non-stop action of march madness with my bookie enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. For the Chicago Bulls, and that leaves the biggest question around this team is, if you don't make a serious move this offseason, or even a minor move, if, if this, uh, this uh, trade deadline, the Bulls just maybe call, make some calls, don't get something that they're lacking, and just ride out the, the remaining 28 games or so with this team as we have right now, the biggest question, the biggest thing that Bulls fans are going to be looking for is what are you then going to do to address our needs in the offseason? How are you going to improve this team? Because as I've been saying, and many people have been saying, this team simply ain't it, right? As far as if you're looking for a deep, a team to make a deep playoff run and run out of ECF, this team just isn't it. And it wouldn't be it even with a healthy Lonzo Ball. And so I think when you look at this team and what it needs to do going forward and how to address this roster, yeah, the full blow it up mindset is not is not it either, right? That's not it. And I understand the way that the team's been inconsistent, disappointing, the lack of heart, lack of effort at times, why that blow it all up mindset exists, but it's not happening. And I keep telling you guys this, and I don't expect, listen, it, it's going to be in the, in the proofs in the pudding, right? This team is not blowing it all up. It's not happening. And because of that, you then put the front office then has to find ways to improve this, the team around this core if that's what you're going to do. We have now heard that it's not expected that Nikola Vucevic is going to sign an extension, that he will be a free agent at the end of the season, but the Bulls are confident that they can re-sign him. And the question is then is that you're leaving yourself open. And I understand maybe the front office with the with the under-the-table Billy Donovan extension and the, the, the fact of the disappointment around the team don't want to give Nikola Vucevic an extension right now and want to leave themselves open at the end of the season to maybe do some other things. But as I said a few videos ago last week and in the video last week is that you have to make a decision. And I believe at this trade deadline, you have to either ex extend Nikola Vucevic or trade him, but it doesn't seem like AK shares that mindset. And so with that said, it's like the questions are still going to remain around this team are how you are you going to get us closer to where we want to be? And, you know, a lot of Bulls fans have the mindset that AK and Eversley, and, you know, I've heard it more now that, you know, oh, they're, they're worse than guard packs. Like, 
keep in mind, and, and you know, even Bulls fans saying the Bulls had don't have a ton of cap space, we don't have a ton of draft capital, both things that are wrong. The Bulls can have 30, almost $30 million in cap space this season. The Bulls also have five out of their next seven first round picks with the Portland pick set to convey at some point. Um, and so the Bulls have draft assets. The Bulls could have cap space, but I'm gonna point you guys to the direction of this. Even when the Bulls did acquire Alonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alice Crusoe, did you do you guys forget that we had no cap space that offseason? And that is why sometimes the knee-jerk reaction from Bulls fans, you gotta just chill because the a creative front office can find a way to add to the team regardless. And AK has already shown us he can do that. He added DeMar DeRozan without having cap space. He added Lonzo Ball without having cap space. He orchestrated signing trades at that time for players that clearly weren't part of the Chicago Bulls' future, too. I think people forget that. We got DeMar DeRozan for players that weren't heavily factored into the Bulls' uh, future. So I get all the sky is falling mindset, and we're back to the sky is falling Bulls fans. But the fact of the matter is, is that front offices do have the capability of still adding to the team even without cap space. But as I said, the Bulls can have considerable cap space this offseason. So we'll see what AK tries to do with it. We'll see what AK and Eversley do to try to not completely reshape this team, but to just bring the vision that you have closer together. We have a very unbalanced roster. And I know a lot of that and a lot of the frustration around it goes to Billy Donovan and small ball and rightfully so. And I understand that. It's, it's not all completely as gloom as some Bulls fans would have you believe. And so we got to see what this team's going to do. But I am saying that AK and Eversley's feet need to be to the fire because we, you, you, by your own words, we deserve better than this. By your own estimations of the Bulls need to at least beat, make the second round to show improvement this season, it's probably not happening this season, bro. So by your own, regardless of how crazed or not us as Bulls fans are, and unreasonable us Bulls fans are, by your own standards that you set, AK, this Bulls team is a failure, right? And I know that sounds harsh, but it is. By what you set, the, the goal for improvement it was for this team this season, the Bulls have failed that goal. And by failing that goal, it thus means that this team failed this season so far. Now, there is still time that the Bulls can get above 500 and maybe go on a, on a great run, but the time and the runway is running out for that. So, you know, by looking at that, you know, AK has to do something. And again, by something, I don't mean completely blow up the roster, but they do need to do something to give us the team that you said that we deserve, AK. And so while at the trade deadline, it doesn't seem like the Bulls are going to be making any considerable trades, Um, you know, let's ride it out, I guess. And then if if that's the case, then you got to get to work this offseason, right? You had, a, you had an offseason this past offseason of very minor moves, and those minor moves did not pay off in a better overall team. So you have to come in and just improve the team, right? That needs to be the goal. Whatever that ends up taking shape as, whatever that ends up being, you have to improve the team. And so the questions around AK and Eversley and their willingness and their true desire to give us the team that we deserve is going to be in question. And so even if a minor deal does come, I don't necessarily see the Bulls making a deal that drastically changes the outlook of the season. Maybe it adds some balance to the roster. Maybe it gives us another asset for one of these players that are on an expiring deal that will be under a team-controlled type contract. Maybe those type of moves happen, but I'm not necessarily hopeful for it. Now, before we go today, I want to end the, the, the episode on a topic that is not the Chicago Bulls related, and that is LeBron James breaking the all-time scoring record 
And here, you know, even at Chicago Bulls Central, we are basketball historians. I love the game of basketball. And we I wanted to take some time out just to acknowledge the accomplishment that LeBron James has made now being the all-time scoring leader. LeBron is one of the very few players in the NBA that had tons of pressure, tons of expectations around him, and he lived up to every single one of those expectations by far. He did. Now, again, I'm not... LeBron isn't a GOAT to me, and you know some people have asked, well, now that he has the scoring uh, title, what does that mean for the GOAT conversation? And my response to that is, we didn't have the GOAT conversation when Kareem had the scoring title, and even though Michael didn't have the scoring title, we still considered Michael Jordan a GOAT. So to me, uh, LeBron having the scoring title does not put him above Jordan to me, but I don't want to hang on the, the negative. I just want to say that what LeBron has accomplished needs to be recognized, and I commend LeBron James for just coming in, and like I said, in his career, living up to every expectation, really, that was placed on him as a young kid in high school. We started hearing about LeBron James his sophomore, junior year in high school, and he lived up to that hype. And we saw history last night being made in LeBron James passing the all-time scoring record. And, you know, shout out to him. And I wanted to take some time out on this program to congratulate him and his fan base on what he was able to accomplish this season and in his career. But that is it for us for today at Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co.